0: He's a creator, an innovator. His passion is why we listen. His
1: knowledge is why we want to be educated.
0: He really has spent his life focusing on people that make excuses.
1: With a man who has turned around over 800 bars throughout the world. Bar Rescue's John Taffer.
0: If you do tomorrow what you did today, you will get tomorrow what you got today. So while I'm off shooting Bar Rescue, I didn't want to leave you guys with no podcast. So here's what we're doing. For the next few podcasts, we're going to do classic, best of, but they're not clip shows. We're going to run our best podcasts ever. So we're going to do some encore podcast performances the next few weeks. And then new podcasts will start on Thursday, March 5th. And the classic ones, Corey, that we picked are pretty fucking good. Oh, every episode's good, John. Ah, well, thanks, buddy. But some are better than others, and we picked the best ones. So, next few weeks, classic episodes of No Excuses Podcast. We're back with fresh new episodes on March 5th. And keep an eye out, guys. Bar Rescue starts on March 1st. It's a pleasure to have Dana White with me here this week. And and those of you who don't know, Dana's president of UFC. I want to go back a lot of years. Okay.
1: So when you grew up, when you were really young, what was your dream in life? What did you want to be? You know, what's crazy is that uh, I've been lucky in life with a lot of things. But the, the 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 thing that I would say is the most is this is what I've always wanted to do. So you I've, always want to be in a fight game of some way. One hundred percent my whole life. And I, I think I say this all the time, you know. the the toughest thing in life is figuring out what you want to do. What what are you here for? What were you meant to do? What, 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 what what is your purpose in life? And I think that, you know, when you're real young, everybody tells you that if you don't go to college, you're never going to amount to anything. Mm -hmm. And, um, if you go to any college anywhere in the world and you ask kids what, you know, what, what's your major? Well, I'm majoring in political science, but I'm thinking about switching over to... Yep. They're at college because they were told they had to go to college. English literature. Yes. Any <laughs> of that stuff. History. Philosophical. I mean, but they don't know what they want to do. Yeah. They're, they're not following whatever they're passionate about. You know how many people told me when I told them back in the... You know, I, I, I'm i sure you heard the story if you haven't. I was a bellman in a hotel. Yes. I was 18, 19 at years old. And a doorman. Yeah. yeah. And... Made good money, great money, especially yeah. for that age. I'm 18, 19 years old. And uh, you got full health benefits, 401K, uh, all the things that you think you want out of life. But yeah. I was like, this isn't me. This isn't what I want to do. I want to be in the fight business. And yeah. people are like, that's ridiculous. That's So stupid. when you said you wanted to be in the fight business, did you envision yourself as a fighter, as a manager, as a promoter? I, I think that you know, when you're young, like I was, of course, you, you, you want to be a fighter. Some people have it and some people don't. I obviously didn't have it or, you know, you'd have heard of me then, but, uh, you know, but I, I just wanted to be in the fight game and that was my goal. And when you know exactly what you want to do, you basically wake up every day and you work toward that goal.
0: You know, I've never seen a sport that requires more discipline. Yeah, it's fight. true. It's you true. Know, I've never told a story. Years ago, I used to run Grossinger's in the Casco Mountains, which was a, a big 1,200-acre resort. And we had a boxing ring, and we would host the world champion. And they would come. So when I ran a hotel, Michael Spinks trained yeah. there, Kenny Norton trained there. And they would come, and they would stay in a hotel for 18 weeks. And they'd work out for 18 weeks. Yeah. And every afternoon at 2.30, they would spar for the hotel guests. And I was you know, a young executive running a hotel. I have never seen discipline to diet, training regimen, and I've seen NFL athletes train. I've seen all others. So when you
1: commit to fighting and want to be a fighter, then you must be incredibly disciplined. Yeah. Not only that, they're they're built different than any other human beings yeah. on earth. Um, so do you consider yourself a disciplined guy? Um. Yeah, I I would say that I am, uh, especially especially with the business and with yeah. and with the game. You know, I have a. I have a routine that I do every day, and I, I, one of the things that I've learned in my life now is everything in life is about consistency. It's yeah, about it sure being is. consistent. Yeah. Um, you know, you get up every day, and you consistently do what it takes to build your business and to, uh, you know, for me, grow the sport. Yeah. So, so you started young, and from the hotel... Yep.
0: How did you get into the fighting game? So you always thought of yourself as going there. So to
1: the hotel job was temporary, right? Well, it's no different than than uh, than college. If you if you yeah. do go to college and, and you know what you want to do, you, you figure out what classes you have to take and what you have to yep. do, and what's what's my path to get here. So there was this this street fighting legend, and he was a boxer too, in, in, in uh in Boston, and his name was Peter Welsh. So I said. I'm gonna fi- I never met him, didn't know him, um, heard tons of stories about him. So I literally quit this job, right? I quit my job, walked out of the- work that day and quit. And I started looking for this guy. Wow. And I was looking for him for about two weeks. For what purpose? For him to manage you? For him. So I, I, I went up to this guy and I said, I know you don't know me from a hole in the wall, but, you know, my name's Dana White. And I want to learn everything about the fight business, and I want to I, I want to learn from you. I, w- I want to work for you, uh, work under you, whatever you need me to do. And I want to learn. And, and as crazy as that sounds, going to this guy, he said yes. Wow. Took me in, and uh, and that was it. From that day on, it went just like this, straight up. So a courage to ask. Yep.
0: B, uh, uh, I'm guessing you would have done it for free. You would have
1: done it for anything. I did it for point. free for a long time. Yeah, wow. I did it for free for a long time. And, you know, you, you have to figure it's, it's it's but it's no different than being a college student. Yeah. Right. You, why, when why you're in college, you have to figure out how to pay for school. You're living your costs. Absolutely. What am I going to do? What classes am I going to take? I looked at it the same way. I, you know, I looked at it as as, as my college. So you're very strategic, even yes, even as a young guy. Exactly. Yeah, I was so, it was. so you go up to him. You're a young
0: punk. Yep. You go up to this legend. Yep. And you ask him to take you under his wings. Why did he do it? What do you think he saw in you? I don't know. Was I, I, it don't, I don't. Tough was a commitment. Well,
1: the the thing was is that uh, you know when when I was with him, if you if you asked him today, you know, I worked hard with him. Worked hard, and and uh, you know, we 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 did a lot of different things together. And then I ended up coming out here to Vegas, basically with the knowledge that that Peter Welsh had given me. So now you now you got not only your discipline, not only your
0: passion. Now you got some knowledge.
1: Well, so now you come to Vegas. Well, the other thing I used to do is I I also used to go um, either to libraries or bookstores, and I would read all about marketing, sports marketing, um, you know, PR. I would read all these different business, all these different things um, that that I would read. And uh, don't
0: you wish other athletes would read those things? Yes, I do. Every athlete's a brand builder.
1: I literally just walked out of a meeting when I came in here. That's why I was a couple minutes late for you. I I, I walked out of a meeting where we're we're talking about these fighters that we have under contract, and everybody, all these fighters have managers, right? And the fighter themselves do not get involved in the business. That's crazy. The, they, they, sometimes we'll offer guys fights, and the manager will turn the fight down, and the fighter didn't even know. That the opportunity that we, came. That, exactly, that we offered That's this fight to them.
0: Yeah.
1: How you could let somebody else have that much control and decision-making crazy. over your life is batshit nuts. But yet every one of us is in a marketing business somehow. Right. Even,
0: even if you're sweeping streets... You have to market yourself to your supervisor to get ahead. 100%. So so to think that these fighters would have the discipline you do, but never focus on building their brand. It's crazy. And when their brand is powerful and they have a big audience and a
1: big following, you're much more inclined to talk with them, negotiate with them. They're an asset. They make more money. 100%. And think about when they retire. So when you retire from fighting, your goal during fighting should be to do as many great things as you possibly can in front of as many people as you possibly can build a brand. Exactly. So the world knows who you are when you retire. Uh, Look
0: at Shaq, for example, all the commercials that Shaq is doing on unbelievable. And
1: actually Shaq is with a guy. His, his, his guy is Perry Rogers who went to high school with Lorenzo and I, Ah. and, uh, you know he's brilliant, and look at what him and Shaq have done together. Plus, yeah. you, there's so much stuff that you don't even know about Shaq that he's invested in restaurants that he owns that you wouldn't even know. It's incredible. And he's built a brand. One hundred percent. long
0: past him holding a basketball. But
1: he's also one of the one of the one of the rare standouts that has an incredible personality. He's funny. He's yeah. lovable. Yeah. You don't like Shaq. You love, I love Shaq. Jack, he's absolutely. just you know nobody he's, doesn't. He's he's got th- that gift. Yeah. Have you ever thought about doing a marketing class for your fighters? How to you brand know, yourself? How to have, market yourself? We have, yes. Yeah. So Did we, they come? We, yeah, yeah. The fighters came. You know, we, we cover everything from paying your taxes to yeah. uh, um, social media and all that stuff. And, so you and you protect them in a sense. We We do the best we can. You know, yeah. what you can't do is you can't get out there and actually, you know, Try to help these guys control their money because you can never tell a grown man or woman what to do with their own money. And one of the problems with being young, famous and successful is you think that it's never going to end. This money's just going to keep running in because Mm. I'm never going to not be great. I'm always going to be great because you believe in yourself. And then the day comes when, you know, father time comes knocking at your door and it's over and you're like, wow, I I I wish I didn't blow all that money.
0: Yep. You had a vision for mixed martial arts that few people had. So, when you came here and got involved in UFC or MMA, right? right? right. Yep. Mixed martial arts, did you have this vision that it would get to this point? Because you've changed the sport a lot over the years yeah. in rules and the way you've put it together.
1: Was this your vision or did it evolve? If you look at interviews with me, you know, 15 years ago, I was saying that this is going to be the biggest sport in the world and that this thing would be global. And I, I always had this philosophy that I truly believed in, and thank God the Fertita brothers believed in it too. Um, I don't care what color you are, what country you come from, or what language you speak. We're all human beings. Fighting's in our DNA. We get it and we like it. Yeah. Fighting doesn't have to be explained. I, I, I've laid in bed, you know, in England at night watching cricket. Can't figure it out. I'm never <laughs> going to figure out cricket, okay? And cricket's never going to be big in the United States. We don't grow up playing it. We don't understand the rules. Um, but fighting,
0: we fighting, all get it.
1: exactly. It can we be it. in any language, it can be anything. Yeah. We get it. We've, growing up in school, we saw fights in school. We saw fights here. And, and if you think about the most famous athletes or human beings to ever walk the face of the earth, They've always been fighters, yeah. you know? Ali, you, of course. Ali, right. known globally, Holyfield. right? Holyfield. Holyfield, right. Tyson, right? right? Uh, Manny Boy. Pacquiao, this little guy from the Philippines. The world knows yeah. Manny Pacquiao. Bruce Lee. Oh, Kids still know who Bruce Lee is today. today. He died in the early 70s. Yep. We are fascinated by who the toughest people in the world are. So let me take it a step further. So aren't we fascinated by the whole premise
0: of conquest? Yes, we conquest. are. We are. So the moment in hockey with is that check, wham, right, That's that conquest. It's true. So that conflict of humanity.
1: Well, of, even in hockey, fights. Uh, fights are the most favorite uh, and the biggest tackle. Well, people like the most. Of course, yeah, the
0: biggest hits. So, so you know, in my in my show Bar Rescue, mm-hmm. uh, uh, it's the same thing. It's the struggle of the mental conquest. Right. right? Who's going to win between us? So, do you bring your competitiveness to the negotiating table?
1: Hmm. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, definitely. I. I uh, it's funny because as successful as this company is, as big as the UFC is today, we battle every day. That we go to war every day. That I walk into this building, we're in, we're in a huge war right now with Directv. Yeah, I, I just we go to war every day. It's crazy, and the bigger you become, and uh, you know the more successful you become, the more you have to fight yeah it's it's not easier it's almost tougher one hundred percent there's more people against you, so I just said that in the other room too i said i just when we were just in this meeting I said it's crazy the the the, the amount of people that come at you on a daily basis yeah. in this business. Well, the bigger you are, the bigger of a magnet you are. Insane. To draw that kind of stuff. It's, it's crazy.
0: True. So, so when, when you t- took over and really got involved in this, it was illegal in many states. It was right. determined barbaric. But yet, you know, it had this power, particularly, and I'm a bar operator, so I have bars around the country. Right. I mean, the the power of UFC and bar. So I saw the potential as a bar operator early on before people even quite knew what it was. But they were mesmerized by what they saw on the screen. So you had to take this barbaric, confusing, illegal sport and make it pristine. Right. Make it stand alone. How did you go about that challenge? Because that was big, and you knew you had a hurdle to
1: climb. Right. Yeah. Well, think about this. This wasn't allowed on pay-per-view. Yeah. Wasn't allowed. You, as a grown adult man... Couldn't watch it. ...didn't have the option to buy it on pay-per-view. Porn I can is on pay-per-view, but UFC was not. Yep. And our our goal was to get onto free television. So, um you know what we did was we repackaged. First of all, you have to look at the marketing of the old owners. So they marketed it as this as the most brutal, violent sport in the world. Right. Two men enter the cage, one man leaves, yep. with, with the assumption that somebody was going to die. Yep. You know, on on this thing. First of all, you, you, you embraced
0: real rather than right.
1: Well, first of all, there's never been a death or serious injury in the history of the UFC. Important point. Cheerleading can't say that. Okay, so let's let's. Let's be honest. High here. school football can't say that. Right. High school football. Exactly. So we we ran toward regulation, you know, wanted all the athletic commissions to sanction this because this is a real sport. Yep. And these are real athletes who are, like you said, absolutely disciplined and train hard in all these different forms of martial arts and, mm-hmm. and their cardiovascular and weight training, et, yep. et cetera, et cetera. Um, the other thing that I loved about this sport when I first got into it is the storylines between these guys. First of all, yeah, I had Matt Hughes, this country boy, you know, who really owned a farm and and really did ride tractors and things like that. Um, and, he, and, and he came from wrestling. Then I had Chuck Liddell, the, this dude with the mohawk and the Fu Manchu thing. Yes. He looked like if you yeah. looked up ultimate fighter in the dictionary, Chuck Liddell it was, was there right. Then we ended up with George St. Pierre, this martial arts French guy who was attractive yeah. and, yep. and, and you couldn't like the stories in boxing. I came from the mean streets of such and such, and if it wasn't for boxing, I'd be dead or in jail. Yeah. That was literally everybody's story. story. And most of the guys you meet are bad guys. They're like they're scary dudes, right? right? But, oh, but these guys are great guys. They all have different personalities, and 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 uh, I was like, man, this this can be big. So so you went at it state by state. Yep, getting getting it legal. Right
0: when I programming put the rules in place to standardize it and then you as a marketer and boy you're a good freaking marketer buddy thank you so then you turned around and said okay how do i
1: re-image this yep and i'm guessing that's the thought that you went through your mind right talk about that for a minute and the other thing not not only um creating a new image for this thing first of all when you go the first part was venues didn't want us like venues around the country, they, didn't want, they were afraid of it. Right. You know what I mean? And then you have to think, fans, people who, who, you know, to get a regular guy to show up at that thing, they're probably like, "Oh my god, uh, things got to be scary." Imagine the people right. that that show up to watch this. I'm stuff. almost a bad guy if I go. Right, exactly. Yeah. Whereas, have you ever been to a Red Sox Yankee game? There's little kids there with their gloves, and there's. Yep. I, I, I I I saw I was at a game one time and uh, these girls were walking by and and they had Yankees jackets on. You Yankee whores! <laughs> and they're yelling all this crazy stuff, well, at, particularly at these, in Boston at and these New York women because they're fans of New York. <laughs> and go to an NFL game. You same know what thing, I mean? Same, it's people, ugly. People ugly. are hammered, fights everywhere. It's crazy. Yep. The UFC is the exact opposite, you know? There, there's rarely ever fights in the crowd at the UFC. That stuff doesn't happen. So we just had to get out there and and uh, rebuild the image. Get you the know? facts known. And, you know, it, it's about when celebrities show up at your event, too, it makes it look, you know, like, oh, wow, if, the, if it's good enough for them, it's good, it's good enough, enough for, for me type thing. And that yeah. is 100% the American, you know, attitude. Yeah. So, so you embrace the word real. Right? Yeah, that yes, and, and that's the other thing, you know. W- w- where do we fall? You got the WWE over here, and you got boxing over here, right? Well, first of all, we're more exciting than boxing. Absolutely. You can punch, kick, knee, elbow, go to the ground. You can pull off submissions. You can do all these other yep. things. And we're real, yep. unlike the WWE. Right, this right. is 100% real. Yep. So we're, we're 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 like a mix of both. But a lot more fun and a you lot sort more have exciting. The best of both sides. So true. Yeah. Exactly. We have the best yeah. of both worlds. Yeah. And like I told you earlier, the athletes are incredible to market. They're, yeah. they're so much easier to market. And the other thing, and this just happened um, the mixed martial arts fans don't care about losses because we always have the best fighting the best. You're absolutely going to lose, right? It happens. But when you do get those rare people, like Habib Nurmagomedov and John Jones and some of these other guys that go undefeated, yeah. you realize how truly great, great, they, great are. they really are. Yeah, exactly. that makes
0: perfect sense because of, of the distance they have to go to get
1: there. Absolutely. That's you right. have to beat the best from the minute you walk in the door until you retire. Yeah. So you're all about authenticity yes. and keeping it real. I am in my show, too. I have no actors, no scripts, no kids. Yep. So unlike and, wrestling. with And that's gr- exactly what we did with The Ultimate Fighter. Nothing on The Ultimate Fighter is staged. Nothing is fake. Everything is 100% real. And that's why that show lasted as long as it has. But you see, that's contrary to television. And you know that.
0: So true. Because producers say to us, oh, we want to know what we're getting. We want to yeah. know how it ends. But guys like you and I are resistant to that. We right. want to keep it real. So we're often in conflict with the production teams at the well, networks for you that know what? reason.
1: So Polygian, uh, who is my partner in The Ultimate Fighter, has been yeah. since day one. We started in the beginning and what would happen is we'd shoot something and then the producer would say, We need to do that again. <laughs> and I'd say, Yeah, fuck that, you missed right. it. Me you too. lost it. Me too. We're not doing it again because I'm not an actor and yeah. that, that's not what we're gonna do. So, so, you're so like me, they,
0: I've shut my show down four times when they asked me to do something. Well fake.
1: They, they immediately <laughs> conformed and said, All right, then this is how we gotta do it. You but know, and if we miss something great, then we miss something great.
0: Well but that's how you protect your one hundred percent. And that is your brand. Yep. And other people don't get that. So when you look at your fighters, you're not creating their personalities. You're not writing their stories. You're not creating
1: any of that. It's right. real when they come it's in. It's true. Listen, the most contrived part of the Ultimate Fighter is when the guys walk in and I say, so this is how this is going to work. Because you have to lay out the, you know, and Parameters, then as soon yeah. as I lay out what the show is, and ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Ultimate Fighter, Yeah. game on. Whatever happens, happens. happens. It's all real. Yeah. so... You've taken this incredibly real environment,
0: unlike wrestling, and you've created a couple of mandates that I thought were really cool. One, you have a mandate that your fighters must meet with fans before and after fights. Right. So you cause fan contact. Right. You know, baseball used to do that years ago. Right. Right? You'd meet the players and you'd get your signatures. That was, how did the... Fighters react to that. Are they resistant to that? Sometimes I'm guessing they are. In some cases, well, you
1: have some guys or or girls that that are resistant. because it's just not their person they don't have yeah. the personality to do that but for the most part our, our guys are pretty pretty incredible with the fans you know every time we do an event we have a fan village you know where there's fighters and everything else yeah. whenever we do an event we we have what's called guest fighters you know we fly five or six of our big stars out there to do that to interact with the fans and uh yeah, I, I've I've never understood this thing in Hollywood yet. Yeah, like you see these these big celebrities and they're hiding from their fans and yeah, sneaking in, you know, back doors and doing all this stuff. Without the fans, what do you got? Exactly. You right. know, you, you've got nothing without the fans. When you show up, and these people, some of them flew there, so they had to buy plane tickets, hotel rooms, eat in restaurants, and, all, and, and buy tickets. Why would you not want to talk to these people? How does that even make sense? Well, I, I
0: gain so much from talking to them. Yeah, that it too It
1: inspires me. It energizes me. It keeps me going. Yep. It gives them more to fight for. Really? Well, the thing is, to social media in the beginning, when social media first started, Twitter, it was such a good uh, indicator. From when I would look, the night of a fight, be like, there'd be a guy on there. Uh, oh my, my cable's out in uh, you know Illinois. The cable system went down. Then I'd hit the guy and go, what cable system are you with in Illinois? And we could do it. I got guys like, we have an obstructed view up here. We paid this much <laughs> for the tickets. What seats are you in? We move them into different seats. It used to be incredible. Now it's loaded with just idiots and, and, and fake accounts and people right. that are just, you know, it's, it, it's, it's not the gauge that it was to, to, to really see what was going on with your fan base and the business like it was 10 years ago.
0: Yeah. Unfortunately, it doesn't have the real
1: yeah, it's just, it's, there's, there's just so much crap that you have to sift through to get to the real stuff and find out, you know, what's out there. But, um, you know, I still have a whole social media team that's set up the night of the fight mm-hmm. and they're monitoring everything that's going on and, and we can use it to, if those things do happen, people are in some bad seats or whatever. It just it, it helps you make the fan uh, experience that much better. Whereas back in the old days, we wouldn't know till Monday when we started getting letters or stuff that had happened to people during the event. Um, but, yeah, it's pretty cool. It's interesting. So you're almost like a
0: hospitality guy. Here we are in Vegas. Oh, 100%. Course. So you care about the opinion of every fan.
1: 100%.
0: So you watch um, your social media feed yourself? Well, listen, yourself and-
1: there's, there's some that you can tell. This guy's an asshole. Okay, right. this guy's an asshole, yep. and no matter what, what, what we happy. do, this nice guy—I would actually rather that guy go away. <laughs> but beat it. Go, go, go. Watch something else. Get out of here. You know, there's those type of guys. But then there's yeah, I absolutely care what the fans are thinking and what they have to do. The fans for this sport have been incredible to us, man. I mean, die hard, hardcore, good people. So, so when you take a look at,
0: at uh, uh, your family and what you've accomplished here. How do you balance the work? Because you're a hardworking guy. You live yeah. this. Yeah. How do you create that balance? Are you here every day, 12 hours? Yeah. What time are you in the office? Yeah, the I, I get and by the-, the way, I didn't say this to anybody. We're sitting here, by the way, in the UFC corporate offices right. in Las Vegas. So I'm sitting here in the conference room next to Dana's office in an amazing building here, Thank by you. the way. A beautiful building in Las Vegas. What time in the
1: morning are you here every day? I get here around 8 o'clock in the morning. And, and it depends on the day, on what what's going on. But we usually get out of here around 7 or 8. So you're putting in 11, 11 yeah. days.
0: Yeah. So typically your car might be the last one here in the parking lot?
1: Yeah. The, the, the executives are definitely the last guys here. Yeah. The, well, people... the, the, the the crew that works on the fights. You know, you, I got the two matchmakers and our head of legal and me, the three of us, uh, the four of us work on the fights. And, uh, you know, sometimes we're here Saturday, we're here Sunday. We're here on holidays. Uh, it was just what, what holiday just went past? Martin Luther King. Yep. Was that the last one? We were here all day that day. Yeah. Um, yeah so, so it's wh- funny. So, so if you walk around this building, right, there's, uh, it's beautiful. This place is incredible. A there's a restaurant downstairs yeah. for, for the employees. The Artwork on the walls. The design. It's a
0: beautiful property.
1: There's a state of the art gym facility for all the fighters to fight in for free. My office is ridiculous. Ridiculous. Right. Right across the hall from us, and I'll show you when we're done here, mm-hmm. there's one room. It's the ugliest room in the building. It's all white walls, and we literally write on the walls in there. It is the most important room in the entire building. That ugly, tiny little box is what keeps this whole place running. It's the matchmaking room. Yeah. Oh, so the oh, Wow, so that's where all of the strategy... Everything is done right. in that room. The, everything that runs this business and creates revenue comes out of that, that room, room across the hall.
0: Well, you know, years ago, in my corporate consulting work, Disney used to have a term called charrette, Yeah. Where they would lock people in a room like that. Pillows on the floor, you know, mattresses yep. on the floor, and, and huge Post-it note sheets on the wall everywhere. Yep. And, and you would sit in that room and you would ideate. Yeah. And you'd ideate for hours and what this stems into and that stems into. and this, So that huge process was the core of everything that
1: is created in a, in a creative kind of business. It's true. And what's incredible is when you get – to the level that we're at now where you can hire really smart, talented yeah. people. Like we have guys that, that are handling uh, the production. We have guys that are handling this, handling that. It lets me sit in that, in that tiny little room longer. Yeah. So, so it's, it's awesome.
0: So I want to say a, a phrase. Tell me how that feels when I say it. Dana White, corporate guy. furthest thing from it. Isn't that amazing though? But yet you're running a huge corporation, but you're doing it in a very non-corporate way.
1: Right, We're we're so non-corporate, it's it's not even funny. It's like, you know, when I think of corporate, you think of your job. Most of you people that are listening right now probably live this life that I'm going to say right now. You're 10 minutes late to work. You're in trouble. Yeah. Right? So somebody's on your ass. The boss. From the minute you get to work, you go to lunch. You're 15 minutes late back from lunch. No, you can't leave early. No, you can't do this. There's none of that in this business. I don't give a shit what you're doing today. I don't care what time you got here. I don't care how long your lunch is. As long as you get your work done, there's no reason for me to be looking over your shoulder and be up your ass unless you're not getting your work done. And believe me, this is the type of business that if you're not pulling your weight and getting your work done, you'll know it. we know it immediately. So, it's very much like Google's approach as well, where they don't
0: track hours, you know, and in the essence, they track your output. So, as long as you have a, a, a team member who's contributing, that's right, then you'll let them contribute in their own style.
1: Leading up to the fight. So, the the cra- here's, but here's so the crazy thing. So, if I thing. worked
0: for you, can I come here at nine o'clock at night
1: and work till three in the morning? 100%. So, I have access to the building i come access, in, I can yes. work anytime I want, yep. have my team meetings, and yep. do all that. And I guess you encourage that. You can do whatever you want, whatever time you want. Yep. You know what I mean? That's Lenae. my head of PR over there. I have no idea what time she got here. <laughs> I don't even know when she's leaving. She might be going on vacation tomorrow for all I know. I don't the, give a shit. The job's done. She's a beast. Yeah. She does what she needs to do and she gets her job done. And And we don't look over. This is the least corporate place in the world. One of the things that happens here and – you know, when you look at the business that we were when we first started, yeah. I was going after the biggest and the brightest and the most talented people in the, in, in, in the world, yeah. not just the country, because we yeah. were going global and going into all these. So I'm looking for the absolute best. Nobody that lived in L.A. or New York wanted to move to Las Vegas to come work at the UFC. I've had people laugh at me when I offered them jobs. Yeah. Um, and, you know, the one thing that always happens when somebody leaves I'm always so proud that somebody left here and went to Nike. Right. Somebody left here and went to some other big job somewhere. You know, those three letters mean something now when it's on a resume and they go somewhere. Sure does. But the one thing that always happens, it hasn't not, not happened once yet. When people leave, they end up telling me I, I screwed up. Wow. I made a big mistake. I should have never left the UFC. Wow. I had the best job in the world. It was perfect. I hate this job I'm in now. Well, think about what's going on here. It's
0: growth. It's exciting. There's right. new people coming in and out. You have marketing. You have promotions. You have cities. You have events. You have partnerships, sponsorship. Yep. So, there's so much excitement in this so building.
1: True. So true. I imagine you jump on a train and it's moving really fast. So when you jump on board, you better move with it. Right. And the beautiful thing is that the people who come here and work here are just as passionate about this thing as I am. You know, they, they love it. They live it. They breathe it. Um, it's awesome had his. You know, it's funny when i read about you i
0: read tough guy yeah. southy tough guy yeah yeah now i'm the, sitting the, here with you we've talking looking
1: it, in each other's eyes you're a sweetheart yeah, that 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 you know a lot of th- a lot of myths yeah. uh, come, come up and listen i i'm definitely not the guy i was when i was 20 you know what i mean and and I'm, I'm i'm not the guy i was when we started building this business it was a completely you know i was younger you're more political i, I was way more aggressive um you know uh I, you know I'm, I'm a different person than i was what's the biggest lesson you've learned since you stepped into this building
0: this new building which it was really a different whole level for your ufc experience what's your biggest lesson
1: you know how i was telling you earlier about everything in life is about consistency and being yeah. consistent the other the other thing about me is i i like routine a lot of people don't like i i get up Every morning at the same, same time, time, you know, I'll take my daughter to school. I come in here and work out in the gym. I shower. I get ready. I do my day, and then I go home. Same routine every day. And when I get out of my routine, I, I don't like it a lot. Gotcha. But you, but you have to because you travel. Sure. So I also have a routine when I travel of what I do and, and everything else. So Not well, so easy routine. to have any routine when you travel. It's true. Yeah. So then when we moved out of our old building, kind of threw me off my – my routine and it was a little different. So I had to adapt and adjust to the new building, building a new routine and, and getting my my shit together if you would o- over here at this building. Um so th- that that was one of the things that I've learned since we've been here. But other than that, I mean, we, we just bought this place. How many square feet is this place? Do you do you know off the top? Yeah, but we just we just bought the building next door too. It's 160,000 square feet and we're renovating the whole place right now. You've already outgrown this space. Yeah, we're 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 looking at just. We bought five acres over here too. We're just growing and growing and growing. I'm working on some stuff right now. People are impressed with what we've done in the last, you know, 18 years. Wait till you see what we do in the next five. Wow.
0: Yeah. Well, by the look on your face, I guess it's pretty spectacular. We're going
1: to do incredible things, and uh, everybody here. You know, like you were asking earlier about my people, everybody here is on board with the vision and is so excited about, you know, what's next for us. What are you really good
0: at? If you were to pick one thing, what do you think you're really good at? I would say marketing and branding
1: and understanding, but what would you say you're really good at? Uh, What am I really good at? Um, I would say that the key to this business and, and and what really keeps this business driving is, I'm I'm really good at finding who's next. Mm. You know, if you, if you look at at the track record here, we had, um, you know. Everybody's saying, what are you going to do when Chuck Liddell leaves? Right. What are you going to do when Matt Hughes is gone? Right. What are you going to do when uh, Anderson Silva? What are you going to do when George St. Pierre? Ronda Rousey.
0: The list
1: goes on and on.
0: Isn't that the case in every business? Yeah. So if I'm an accounting firm and I lose one of my main guys, I better have a nose for talent? Yep. And if I own a car dealer and I lose my best salesman, I better have a nose for talent. 100%. So what you're talking about is you have a nose for talent. Right. But I'm guessing that isn't only with fighters. I'm guessing that's with the people around you as well.
1: Well, I, yeah. We, 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 we've we we've put together a pretty good group of Team. talented people here yeah. at, at UFC too.
0: Yeah. And if there was something, and, and and I hope you don't think this is an unfair question. If there
1: was something that you said I'm not good at that I'd love to be better at as a businessman, what would it be? Well, you, you know what? There's, there's a lot of things that I'm not good at as a businessman, but I've hired people who are. <laughs> so, so, are you a man who knows your strengths and knows 100%, your weaknesses? 100%. Yeah, I'm, I'm not this, this arrogant dude that runs around right. this building trying to stick my nose in everybody else's stuff. Right, no, you're there's, not arrogant. I, at all. I have my strengths and I have my weaknesses. I know exactly what they are, and I focus on, on just my strengths. And uh, I've hired really smart people to, to, to back up all my weaknesses. So, you know when to rely on yourself? 100%. And when to rely on someone yeah, else. Well, it's, it's the same thing when Ari came in and bought this company, right. And you know, the, the thing was I had to stay Yeah. and you know, he he's in debt now $4.025 billion. Whew. Right. Yep. And there's a lot of people in those type of situations that how do you overcome that? How do you overcome 4 billion in debt? Um, is this thing going to continue to work? Can you, can you pull off what you need to pull off with the fire and everything? A little bit of pressure. I, 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 I looked at Ari and said, dude, I'll bet on me and you every day, all day. And uh, we sat down. We put together a game plan on what the future was going to be for this company. We're both aligned 100%. One of the big things in any business – I don't care if you're a rock group, uh, you know, you're you're a company, whatever it might be. Ego, ego will destroy everything. Absolutely. If you look at the relationship between me and the Fertitas, right? First of all, when we buy this thing, we buy it for two million dollars. We end up going like forty million in the hole, forty and change, right? Never once. Did anybody start pointing the fingers and and doing all this stuff to each other, right? We stuck together. We worked through it. And dug out. Then the thing goes, takes off like a rocket ship, right? Now, it's super successful. Everybody's making money. I'm the front guy. I get all the, you know, the good, the bad, the ugly all comes to me, right? Right? Never any fighting over that. Never any over money or any of this type of stuff for 18 years. Think about that, right? It's very, very hard to do. Then we sell and I have to stay. These are my guys that I've been with for 18 years, but, but I got to stay, but I want to stay and I wasn't ready to sell yet. So I wanted to stay. I was, I was, I was really messed up when we sold. is your baby. So then now Ari comes in. Okay. And Ari has a reputation, but me and Ari, he's been our agent for, you know, over 10 years. So Mm -hmm. I know Ari and I like Ari. So, Mm We sit I'm a down. WME guy, by the way. Oh, well, there you All go. Right so we, we have uh, – we, we, we talk about the strategy, walk through – there's no ego involved with either one of us. And look at the company in the last two years. It's incredible. We continue to go. You have to check your ego, man, when you're yeah. in any type of relationship.
0: I always say this you've got to kick out of this. You ever notice the guy with the biggest ego has the thinnest wallet?
1: <laughs> <laughs> right?
0: It's really true. I didn't, but that's really good. <laughs> so, you know, I wrote a book called Don't Bullshit Yourself, Stop the Excuses That Are Holding You Back. And it's a New York Times bestseller. And one of the six, six big excuses that I cited in the book was ego. And how much ego gets in the way of it people's does. future. It's
1: just unbelievable. You, but, you mean know, to tell me were... that Guns and Roses can't get together and do a real tour? <laughs> the, think about the last 20 years and what those guys could have accomplished and what they could have done together. Is ego. The greatest rights. Ego. Stupidity. Yeah.
0: So, so, you know, you deal with a lot
1: of big personalities. Right. So you have to know when to put your ego aside. Yeah. So you, you're good at sharing the spotlight. These guys, these guys come out and talk shit every day about me. Everybody's disgruntled and unhappy in the fight business. Every I could care less. <laughs> I could care less. Listen, so, there, there's a, there, there's a system in the way that we run this business. And if you're on board, great. You're, you're going to do very well. If you're talented enough and you're going to make a lot of money, it's not rocket science. Okay. Yeah. We're going to call you and we're going to give you a date. and We're going to give you a fight. If you take that opportunity, you're, Good things are gonna happen. Yep. If you don't, I don't give a shit. shit. Okay, that that's up to you. It's your life. It's your career. You can do whatever you want to do. But you're under contract, so we'll extend your contract, and and that's how it works. It's not rocket science. If you're really unhappy here, you're really unhappy. Then fight out your contract and do something else. I mean, you you, you know, you're you're a businessman. Yep. Your whole life, you have to honor contracts. Absolutely. If you do not honor contracts, that, you've got to forget about handshakes. it. You gotta have you're, handshakes, right? Our name is Scott. I all agree. We've got. I agree. That, so, that is so, true. So you know you're a good guy. Yes. I'm you a know good
0: guy. you're a fat guy, fair I, guy.
1: I literally go to sleep every night and have no problems going to sleep. We've taken care of so many people and done so many things for so many people. And if you look at, you know, th- there, there is a ton of mythology out there in the world about, you know, People and what really goes on and everything a lot else. out There about you? Yeah, exactly. And 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 uh, it doesn't bother me one bit. I yeah, mean, I could care less. It, it just it means nothing to me. I know exactly who I am, and I know exactly what I've done and what I continue to do every day. Yeah, and that hug from your kids means more than anything. Exactly, it it's it's true. um I'm with you, buddy. So, you know, from this conversation,
0: you know, your story is an incredible story. How you just walked up to a promoter, forced him to put you under his wings. The first time you got involved in this brand, you bought it for how much money? $2 million. $2 million. And what did Ari pay for it? $4.025 In how many years? 18. 18 years you took a business from $2 million to over $4 billion. Yeah. And you did it being a good guy. And Thank you. And you did it being fair. Right. And you did it by building other stars, not just yourself. Right. And sharing the spotlight with each other. That's a great legacy, Dana. You should be really freaking proud, but I'm proud Thank to you. be sitting here with you, buddy. This I appreciate a it. Thanks for the kind words. Thank you. Dana White, if you haven't watched UFC, if you haven't gone online to the website or looked into Dana's past, there's a lot of inspiration here. This is a great guy who's built a multi-billion dollar company on one thing, passion, and the desire to learn and the desire to be the best. And he is. And don't forget, subscribe right now. Do it right now, any place where you subscribe to your podcasts.